The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined today as always by Kieran McCarthy, the Star Sport Editor. Before we get into things, I'd just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And the Star Sport podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. That's Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. We have a lot to cover, as always, this week on the podcast. Kieran, you've been chatting to Jonathan Milan and Austin Toomey of Salan, who added another trophy to their stellar season following victory over Mizenhob B in last Saturday's West Cork League Championship Cup final at Lyre. We'll hear about uh, that final from the lads, about their success this year and about the club in general later on. We're just going to start this week by looking back at Cork's disappointing loss to Galway in the very Camogie League Division 1A final on Sunday. Kieran, Cork led this match for long periods and it's now the the fourth consecutive major final loss for the the team and they would have been gunning to take Galway down I think three of those four losses were against Galway so what went wrong? It's a a great question Dylan a nice nice easy one to start off this week's podcast with with, um, what went wrong Um, Cork missed missed a good few chances Um, they are I'm not sure they think that this is this is one that got away but I think they'd just be disappointed with their second half uh, performance. Um, Cork were leading at half time, but just just didn't finish the job. And like you touched on there, it's now four major final defeats in a row for Cork, and I think that's almost is it, I don't know is it concerning the, the the right word, but it it is a worry that this team um just isn't getting over the line in major finals. So Cork have lost the last two national league finals, twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, both to Galway, and they've also lost the last two All Ireland finals. To Galway in 21, and I think it was yeah, it was Kilkenny last year. So, I so that is a worrying trend in in, in one sense. Um, that Cork are good enough to get to the final. They're good enough to get to the business end, but they just have managed to take that last step for whatever reason. And I think that's something that they'll they, they'll want to get on top of very very quickly because that can push them into something bigger. Um, like we're we're here now talking about Cork have lost four major finals in a row. Um. They'll want to put a pin in that. They'll want to to break that hoodoo, break that talk, and get a get a big title in the bag. Because we've spoken at last week's podcast, Dylan. I think it's very important for this group, especially with so many young players there, um, and so many young leaders as well, just to get that taste of winning, to win a big game up in Croke Park. What they've been used to now in the last couple of years is losing big games in Croke Park. So. It, it is a concern from that point of view. To be fair to, to Matthew Toomey, 
Um, he wasn't there for, he wasn't manager outright in the 2021 All-Ireland final loss to, to Galway. He just came in as manager last year. So this is his second season in charge. But um, as disappointed as Cork will be, they'll still take positives away from, from the league. With Tisha McCarthy on the podcast last week, and she said, Going to paraphrase her that the, the league is in the, the, the be all and end up and end all because the championship is starting in a in a couple of weeks' time. And who were Cork starting after championship against Galway again? So it's a um, it's a it'll be a chance for for Cork to to get some revenge. But the championship is what we really judge Cork on this year. The league is a means to an end. They've tried out a lot of players, missing a few of the, the stalwarts too, like Ashton Thompson, True Injury, and Katrina Mackey. We mentioned as well Orla Cronin's only only back in the last two games. She came on as a sub in the second half um, um, again last Sunday against Galway. So there are positives there um, fr- from the league, but it's just it's just disappointing for this group that they came up short again. And how much does luck come into into play in situations like this? Because obviously when, when athletes and, and sports people are talking about finals, a lot of the time it is that, that kind of one-off game and... You might get the rub of the green, you might not, and and that can have a big effect. But when it is kind of a a recurring thing, how much is luck is luck uh, playing a part there? Do you think? Luck has a role to play in sport. You know, I think I think it's one one of those very interesting questions. You know, how much does luck have, have to look play? How much of a role does does look play? But it, it does, it does. Um, and again, Sirius McCarthy, I was touching that as, as well last week. You can. You can have all the preparation, have a top class of everything done to a T, but something small could go wrong on the day. And I was reading Matthew Toomey's quotes after the league final against Galway last week, um, last Sunday, and he he was um, he was kind of reminiscing about Orla Callan hit the bottom of the post in the in the second half, and he was saying if that went in, it was a different a different story. And then he he also said Matthew that he thought that, that a foul went went against Cork at one stage and then Galway went up the other end and they got a goal. So there are very very small moments in a game where things can turn. What if Orla Cahillan shot a gun in and that was another goal for Cork? What if that foul that foul was given for Cork? There there are little breaks that can go your way and if if they go your way, could be your look on the day. If they go against you, then you could say that, that your look wasn't in on on the day. Um. Cork have really put a lot into this, in, into this season, like they have the the the, the last couple of of seasons. So um, I think they'll they'll just they'll focus now. They'll focus on the championship. Of course, they'll be disappointed they didn't bring home the the Division One League trophy. But they know that the bigger prize is to come, and that's the one they really want. It's the O'Duffy Cup. That's the Cork haven't won it since twenty eighteen. It's the one all the teams want to win. Cork have shown that they are amongst the top teams in the country, like they have been the last couple of years. It's Galway, Kilkenny and Cork. Unfortunately, Cork have been third in the pecking order the last couple of seasons, but they're not too far away. They're losing these finals, but they're losing them by small margins. It's not like they're getting wiped off the field in Croke Park when they're coming up against a, a Galway or Mayo. It's usually just a couple of points. So they're really, really close. So um, like I said earlier, they'll take the positives. They'll, they'll lick their wounds this week and they'll, they'll, get, they'll get back in training and everything will point towards the championship. And hopefully, fingers crossed and touch food the car can and take that next step in the summer. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to move on now and chat a little bit about uh, Ross Carberry jockey Brian Hayes, who was awarded a West Cork Sports Star Award for his maiden 
Cheltenham win on Impervious a few weeks ago. Kieran, we had him on to chat about that win in a recent episode, and I'd say he must have been delighted to add the monthly award to his collection as well. Yeah, um, I was I was joking with Brian in the Celtic Ross Hotel on on, um, on Sunday night, like which, which means more to him, the Celtic Ross West Cork Sports Star Monthly Award or winning his first race at Cheltenham. I think it's a it's an easy one to answer. Of course, it's the West Cork Sports Star Monthly Award. That's the one that every local athlete wants to get their hands on. But it was it was quite interesting to hear Brian say that he was thinking over the years, what do I have to win to get? a West Cork Sports Star Monthly Award. So that just shows the esteem that these awards are held in locally. Um, the Sports Star Awards have grown in strength to strength. Um, it's it's the Oscars of, of West Cork Sport and they're they're now in their in their 26th year. And this was the first presentation of this 26th year. And it, it was quite fitting that that it went to Brian Hayes because the awards are held in the Celtic Ross Hotel in Rascarbury and Brian is a Rascarbury man himself. And geographically he is the closest ever winner of, of an award like where he where he grew up in Arda is just a couple of minutes from the hotel. So you cannot there's never been an award winner that's been closer to the Celtic Ross Hotel than than Brian Hayes. So it, it was um for, very nice in that sense because his late mother also worked in the Celtic Ross. His two sisters, Deirdre Nemer, also worked in the Celtic Ross. Um he quipped that he was the odd one out. He didn't work in the Celtic Ross, but he did take swimming lessons there and he used the leisure club. So that was that's his that's his claim to fame and his connection with the with the Celtic Ross Hotel. Um, but Sunday night for the award presentation, it, it felt like a homecoming for, for Brian because he doesn't get back to Ross Garvey as much anymore because life as a jockey takes him here, there and everywhere. Actually, earlier on Sunday, Brian and his partner, um, the trailblazing jockey Rachel Blackmore, they were both racing in Tremor. They, they both had wins there and they hopped in the car to come straight down to the Celtic Ross Hotel for this for this monthly award presentation and he'd invited family and friends and it, like I said it felt like a homecoming because the people who were in that room were people who've been part of Brian's journey from the very start the likes of his of his childhood friends Mike Minnis and, and Daniel Kelly Thomas O'Leary the local trainer who, who Brian started off with he was there too and it was actually back in 2008 where Brian had his first um, prize winner it was on Grandcore Girl in Clan Mel and that a picture of a presentation appeared in the Star on the 26th of April uh, 2008. And almost 15 years to the date, Brian Hayes is back in the Southern Star and this time is a winner of a West Cork Sports Star Award. And we honoured him for his, his first Cheltenham win on Impervious in the Petty Power Mayor's Chase on St. Patrick's Day. Huge breakthrough win for, for Brian Hayes. He will always now be a Cheltenham Festival winner. And that's so, so important for for him because it's just um it's almost it's vindication the wrong word but for the for the the journey he's been on because Ross Carby is football territory it's foot, football country he played with Carby Rangers but he made that decision to go off and follow his passion which is horses and horse racing and he's home now last Sunday night 34 years of age he took centre stage in the Celtic Ross Hotel and everyone was there for him and to congratulate him on the success that he had that that he has head and um really really nice night and we have a really good interview actually with brian coming up in in torres's southern star where we touch on his very first pony ray pip that he bought in the roscarry fair with his late father many many years ago it's great stuff from brian and all the west cork uh sports people who happen to live between the celtic ross hotel and the hayes family house that's a new record for them to break now we'll need to find a 
an even more geographically close person for for future award winners as well. Um, just this coming Monday, now moving on, Cork under-20s face Kerry in the Munster Championship final. Having dealt with the challenge of Limerick in last week's semi-final with a 2-14 to 6 points victory. Kieran, the, the comfortable manner of the victory would have to please Cork, you'd assume. Especially when you kind of take yep. into account that there's only the week between the, the games and Kerry had, had a, a tough game against Clare as well. Yeah, Kerry had to go to extra time to be clear on Monday night. Like you said, Eric Cork had it had it a good bit easier against um against Limerick 14 points to spare. Um which which is a better preparation. It's it's hard to know because uh like Claire running Kerry so close, like I said, that game into extra time. It's hard to know where this Kerry team is and just how good they are. But I think we'll find out on, on Monday night. It's it's Parky Creeves, 7.30 p.m. throwing. The game is live on TG4 as well. But Cork will be happy that they've got the job done against Limerick. It's potentially, what it always is, a, a, a very tricky tie because the Munster Under-20 Football Championship and the Under-20 under under Championship is knockout. There's no backdoor. It's not group stage, so you have to perform. It's almost a nod to taking a days gone by when it was knockout football. So there is that that pressure on uh, on these on these young players. And Cork got the result that they wanted. They want that they wanted against Limerick. And there's there's a lot of West Cork involvement. And I think it's very interesting for us here in the star to see all the West Cork lads that are on that um, Cork under twenty team, like so Olin Corcoran, St Mary's, you've Daniel Toomey, Belinascarty, you've Richard O'Sullivan, Newsys Town. You then Paddy O'Driscoll from Gabriel Rangers um, came on the last night. You had Tomas O'Mahony, Castlehaven, Niall Kelly, Newsystone came on and he's he scored a goal as well. And of course, you have the the Cork under 20 manager is Bobby O'Dwyer, who's an Orhan native. And even going into the, the management team, um, the likes of John Hayes from Carby Rangers is there. You've Cora Keane from Newsystone is involved in the back room. And there's, there's many more as well. So there's very much a West Cork feel to this team. Um, they'll have the head down this week now preparing for, for Kerry because the last seven months to under 20, under 21 titles have been between Cork and Kerry. Uh, Cork relinquished their crown last year down in Tralee, but now it's Kerry's turn to come across the county bounds and come up into Parky Cueve on Monday night. So hopefully Cork will get the job done there and it'll be a, a very sweet a sweet win against that lot across the county bounds. Do you think um, the fact the match is on in, in Parky Cueve will have any bearing on the results? Like I was um, walking down around the marina around Parky Cueve on Monday when the semi-final was on and there was a real great buzz, a lot of people around there. And you'd imagine even more will kind of show up this coming Monday. So do you think that would, would give Cork a boost or, or do you think it's kind of one of those things that, that we like to talk about but the, the players won't really think about? I think I think it should, but it should play into Cork's advantage because this will actually be the Cork under 20s fourth home game in Parky Cueve this year. They, they played a couple of home games in the John Kerrans Cup. They were home to Leash and they were home to Roscommon and they were home to Limerick on, on Monday night. So, that's, so this will be their fourth home game in Parky Cueve. And I think that familiarity of the surroundings should definitely help the, the Cork players because we're talking about under 20 here, under under 20s. There's some young lads in there. Um, who mightn't have played in, in Parky Cueve too much before they got involved with the with, with the Cork under 20s. So at least now they know the pattern of, of the day. 
Um, like last Monday night against Limerick would have been a great template for them. Just they know the dress rooms, you know, kind of they, they just know the surroundings and they'll feel they'll feel very comfortable there. While it's hard to know how many of the, of the Kerry young fellas have have played in in Parky Cueve before, and um, maybe someone with the with the Kerry Miners a, a couple a couple of years back maybe. So Cork have home advantage, and it's an advantage that they'll hope to use to their advantage because. What would be great to see too on Monday night is, is, a, is a big Cork support there. Of course, we get family and friends of the players, just for Cork football supporters to come out and give this young team their support because this is a Munster final. It is a provincial final. It's a door into an All-Ireland semi-final and it's a chance for a Cork football team to get their hands on some silverware. And that's what we all want to see. So hopefully home advantage will have a role to play on Monday night. Fingers crossed for a Cork win. Absolutely. And we'll be chatting about that next week on the podcast i'm sure we're going to take a quick break now and we'll be back in a moment to hear from jonathan milan and austin toomey of salan on their double winning season the star sport podcast is brought to you by access credit union access credit union funding dreams for over 50 years Two is the magic number for Salan this year, who completed a brilliant double last weekend with victory over Mizzen Hobby in the West Cork League Championship Cup final at Lyre. Kieran, it was a, a tense and shall we say a feisty affair with two goals and three red cards coming in around the last 10 minutes or so of the game. You've been speaking to Jonathan Milan and Anthony Toomey of Salan about their success, not just this season and not just in, in the cup final, but how the kind the club has grown as well over, over the recent years. Yeah, it's been um, I think Salan have been one of the stories of the West Cork League this year. And Jonathan Milan is the is a Salan manager and they've won the championship league title which brings with it the golden ticket to promotion to the Premier Division for, for next season. And they completed the League and Cup double last weekend when, like you said, Dylan, they beat um, Mizzen Hobby in the Championship Cup final. Two two late goals. Um, big win for them. Great way to finish the season. And in Thursday, Southern Star, we have the, the full match report and reaction. Joe McCarthy was, was there at that game reporting for us. So, fabulous season for the Salan men's team. But in this chat coming up, we also... Talk to Jonathan and Austin about the just just the entire Salang club because one of the stories too of the start of the year was the the run of the Salang under twelve girls team to the last eight of the national cup, which was an incredible, incredibly successful run for this for this young Salang team. And I I think and I hope I'm not wrong here, but it was the first year of of, of this this girls team as well. So for them to go all the way to the to the last eight in the country was a f- f- fabulous achievement. So. It's a very wide-ranging chat you're going to listen to now because Anthony and, and John talk about their own connection to the club, the success that they've had this season, their hopes for the club in the future, um, and how the, how the club really got it together, how, and how, how they've they've worked together. Because, it's um, like I said, it's one of the success stories of, of the season, and it's uh, it's a chat we're, listen, we're listening to right up to the end if you're a Salang supporter or West Cork League supporter, because I finish off asking Jonathan Milan will he be in charge of the men's team next year when they when they go up into the Premier Division so I think it's, it's worth listening to to see why, um, what Jonathan says but just want to say congrats to the not just the, the, the men's team for the double but just for the, in, for, for, the, for the whole club and what, what they've done it's just great to see soccer soccer going so well in the, in, in the Ballyvony area and 
there's there's roots been put in place now. There's a strong foundation being put in place. And this is a club that wants to build on, this, on, on the success that they had this year. And it's quite interesting to hear, I think it was Jonathan or Austin, I'm not sure which one said it, but they're not going up to the Premier Division just to make up the numbers. They want to win a Premier Division title in the next couple of years. And I think that's a great attitude to have. That's really, really ambitious. And I think that's good for the West Cork League too, to have a progressive club like that who has ambitions and is willing to put in the work. So um, like I said, congrats to... To, to Salan and as you'll probably hear now, Austin and Jonathan are in quite good form after the season they've had. So Jonathan, we're a couple of days out after the Championship Cup final. A brilliant 2-0 win for Salan against Mizanhabi. Needed two late goals to clinch the cup and the double. So the perfect end to dream season. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um obviously we, we finished the season strong. So it would have been a disappointment, obviously, not to finish it off, given that, you know, the lads had gone again in the cup. But, uh, you know, fair play to Mizzen as well. I think a shout out to them as well. I thought they they had a great game on Saturday, closed down the space and also made everything very difficult. Had lots of chances themselves as well. And as you said, up to 80 minutes, it could have gone either way. Luckily enough, a win for us. But, uh, look, you know, the credit I give to Mizzen, I said it to them after the game in the dressing room when I was chatting to them, you know, I think it was the toughest game we had all season. Um, Probably wasn't the greatest game of soccer on both sides, but it was it, what it lacked to me, maybe in entertainment, it definitely made up in, uh, in uh, I suppose, take you to the very last minute and 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 the anticipation for everyone to see which way it was going to go, you know. Jonathan, you clinched the, the Championship League title a good couple of weeks ago now, and then you were waiting for the... For, for this cup final, obviously you got through to the cup final. How did you keep the motivation in, in the in, in the camp going for between winning the league and the cup final? Yeah, great question. To be fair, Karen, it was it was one thing myself and Billy Billy Healy, who who who's coached the team with me throughout the year, and um, we're probably worried about you know as you said a big big gap. So look, I think that's credit to the players. To be fair, but I think the only thing I said to them is I said you know guys days like this and seasons like this don't come around very often. You know you've got an opportunity where you've done the league now. That was our, our our goal at the start of the year. Now there's an opportunity there to put a medal in your pocket, put a second one there, you know. And we have we can go either way. We can obviously down tools and say we've enough done, or we can go and do it. And 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 these players, which we'll obviously touch on later, you know, of course they're only going to go one way. And the minute they got into the quarterfinal against Trina, they wanted to get to the final and win it, you know. That's an incredible success for the Salans men's team. But I'm going to come to you as well, Austin. Um, you're so heavily involved in, in, in the club as well. Just talk to me a small bit about Salan, the, the locality, the membership and how things are going at the moment. Um, Certainly. I suppose, look, um, like the club is going since 1991. And I suppose there's been many, there's many ups and downs in through the years. And I suppose, look, probably just before COVID, maybe, you know the the club was I'm not saying it was all over the place, but look, maybe things weren't going as good as they could have been. And you know, I suppose the locality where like Salon, I always say to the kids, you know, the River Salon itself it goes through many different parishes: Cule, Balavorni, Renery, Kilimatra, and Clondrohid. So, you know, we try and cater for for you know children and boys and girls of those areas. Um, I suppose initially, look the. You know, when we started Salon back in 1991, look, um, it was pretty much that team was a junior club. And myself and Jonathan, I suppose, look, we were playing in the underage teams together, you know, a long time ago, back in the early 90s. And, you know, I, I, I suppose, look, I, I, I kind of got back into the, I got back into the, the Salon side of things in, I suppose I was asked just before the pandemic about maybe coming back and helping. And, um, 
you know, I, I really wanted to give back to the community. I suppose it was through a few difficult years myself and, you know, everything stopped during the pandemic. And there was nothing going on and there was no junior team in Salon and, you know, the underage had stopped. And it was, there was a very young group of guys there. So in 2021, um, there was Martin Toomey, myself, Tim Reardon, uh, Neely O'Brien and a few more of the guys. We just sat down and we said, look, the whole club itself needs to be, you know, looked at, structure the club. Like, where are we going forward? What's our goals? And I think when you start, you know, writing down, you know, all your different problems, I suppose, and look what, you know, what kind of solutions we can come up to and how do we get there? Um, You know, that's, that's a start with anything, I suppose. And, you know, I, I, I remember even like looking on Facebook when I was living in Dublin, I was seeing Jesus, we had red jerseys and we had black jerseys and we had, you know, there was yellow and black and green and every bloody thing. I, and I just said to myself, like, who are we as an entity? And one of the first things I said, look, we need to unite the club again and go back to basics. I mean, you see Drina Rangers, you see Skull, you know, Bunratty, you see Clan, you know their colours instantly. So Salon, I saw an old 1991 um picture of the old team and they all had the blue and white stripes and I said let's just go back to basics Kilimatra J and Ava Bond J Clondro they're all blue and white anyway so look it's easier for us to to, to start with that with the you know and I suppose moving on into 2022 we put up on social media about look a, a girls soccer team like it's not that girls had never played here in with Salon and like there was always a few you know girls and underage but we never had a dedicated team so I think it went up on social media around, you know, September 2021. And I remember the first training myself and um, Lorraine Burke. We were there February down in the Clash to Gumbleton and there was about seven or eight young girls looking at us and we were saying, right, here, do, you know, what do we do here? So look, let's see how we get on and have any of you played soccer before. But look, I think we have a good partnership here with Neva Bond and, you know, you know, a lot of those girls maybe they were playing Gaelic football with Kilimatra and Ava Bond etc so they were they were young athletes and look they're an exceptional group I look last year like the average age of that team was 10 years of age and they got to the National Cup quarterfinals and I even remember back in September I said to them like will I in three in the National Cup and they were like yeah sure let's go for it and you know Starting the first game, I think we went up to Fermoy and very nervous, you know, fine facilities up there, AstroTorf and lights and dressing rooms and things you aspire to get to as a club. And um, it was a roller coaster. Look, they put in some fantastic performances all the way up until the final game against Barna. So, you know, I, I was, you know, so proud of those girls. And like seeing in 2021, maybe where we had maybe 80 in the club registered players. To where we are now with the junior team and the underage, the academy is all opened again to almost, um, I suppose, Jonathan is nearly to nearly 200, I'd say, at this stage. So, you know, there, there's been great progress, I suppose, on, on the field and off the field. We've done a lot of work with Cooley, um, where we, the junior team now played and most of the underage. We have two portable cabins purchased and we've turned them into dressing rooms. We fenced off the pitch now to try and keep the sheep out for once and for all. Um, we got a lot of funding, I suppose, from um from local, you know, wind farms and, and we're very grateful to our sponsors and those who've helped us. Um and, and I, I think building from there then it's a case of look, dugouts were put up because as you know, look here, I know have you been up in Kool Aid, but on a on a wet January day it can be quite um it can be quite an experience when you're sitting as a young kid or Jonathan there with the boys. So 
look, it's about overall for a goal is look, put structure in the club again, set out a goal, how we want to play. And I think what Jonathan and the junior team have done this year, um, set a template for all the young boys and girls to aspire to. And look, you know, we, we're we're so proud of them all. And look, things are things are certainly looking bright in, in Salon at the moment. Just on that, Jonathan, the fact that the that what he achieved this year, like I said, that championship league and cup double. That gives the young players in the club something to aspire to aspire to because they've seen the success that you've that you've created for yourselves this year through a lot of hard work. I was looking at the championship table there. It's 16 league wins out of 18 games. Mm-hmm. Um looking here now, scored 61 goals in those 18 games, a goal difference of plus 43. Like you were by far and away the best team in the championship this year, and you're deserve your place in the Premier Division next year. But for those young players looking up to you. Like you've given them something to aspire and, and that's very important for the club as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you know when myself and Austin sat down and we and we chatted about it at the start of the year. I think one of the biggest things we wanted to get out of the juniors is the style of play, and and that style of play then that we try and get that into all age groups. You know, so like the kind of key things I see in the club, and I think Austin and, and Tim and Martin do a massive job in promoting this. Is you know same style of play from under eights to juniors. Everyone's having fun from under eights to juniors and creating that winning mentality. So. Luckily, the juniors probably were the template for that this year, you know, um, and that's a credit to them. Obviously, we'll talk about them again in a minute, but yeah, I, I hope, obviously, this this is, we, we had loads of young people at the at the cup final, we had loads of young people at the games during the year. I hope they look up on this and say, yeah, this is what you can achieve in a, in a year, because obviously four years, we we had no junior team, so it just shows you what you can do in a small period of time if everyone buys into our project, you know. Talk to me so, Jonathan, how you convinced so many, so many players and fellas get involved in this junior team, because like Austin said there, a lot of GA clubs around for for your mm-hmm. catchment area is, but to get fellas to to buy in to 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 the Salon and give their all for for a season because we've seen West West Cork League clubs over the years when the season goes on so long and the, the GA season starts to kick in, it can get a bit a, a bit difficult. So, what's the secret to your success? Yeah, no, hundred percent is definitely definitely one of those things that can be a problem in our area, right? But I think from the start, um. Yeah, I was probably worried, but we started late, to be fair. You know, our pre-season wasn't ideal. Um, so we've been straight into a game against Skibbereen without any training, actually, in the National Cup in, the, in their first game. So that was it, and lost that. And I'll talk a bit more about the games we lost in a minute. But, like, from the start, there was a group of players that we saw first. There was maybe seven or eight. But once the GA season closed off, um, especially in Neva Bond, I suppose we started to see the numbers coming up. And to be fair, I have to say, these group of players, they bought into it from the start, you know. They were at, like, we could have had 30 lads at training some nights, which is phenomenal. You could have put out a second team, you know. Um, But at the same time, there was no moaning, no nothing for people that didn't play. They knew they were part of the game, or the overall squad, they were going to get game time. We managed that. And obviously, we you know, we're probably lucky that we were able to manage it in games there. You know, we had a few times where we won probably well in some games. We were able to use our whole bench, which was great, because everyone from number one to 30 was part of the success. But, you know, what I would say, Karen, is that, they're an incredible, incredible bunch of players. Um, I don't think I've ever been involved with a team that was so dedicated. You know, we came off last. If you start to go back to the start of the season, we lost our first three games. <laughs> you know, it probably didn't look great when we were down in beer after losing the third one, 3-0, um, getting hockey down there. But, you know, we had a goal at the start of the season. Everyone said, right, let's get back down to business. Let's put put what we, what we did wrong, I suppose, in those games, right? And as you say, then we won 16 in a row. So... It's an it's an incredible performance, but it's these players. They're just incredible, you know. Um, absolutely the most dedicated team I've probably been involved in. So, to be fair, it was a pleasure dealing with them from from minute one, you know. 
Austin, the importance of Salah playing in the Premier Division next year, what does that mean to the club? Absolutely. I mean, look, you're, you're you're playing with the elite of the West Cork West Cork soccer. And I mean, if you sat down with me, Kieran, in the Mills in a few years ago and you said, you think you'll ever see Salon back in the Premier again, I would have probably laughed at you. I said, we'd, we'd be lucky to get out in the underage. <laughs> but um, like, I remember Jonathan coming to me and like there was a lot of players, I suppose, after COVID. And I think like Jonathan going to touch on that. Like there was always soccer in this locality. You know, there, there was always boys you know, and, and, and girls now, obviously, interested in playing. And like I think when they saw, okay, the club is kind of turning the tide in underage in, um, you know, like on an, an under-12 team, like the, the boys won last year as well. I, I have to give them their kudos as well. Um, you know, it, it kind of lifts other people. You suddenly see, okay, look, you know, and we always make sure we celebrate our success as well. Like uh, Halloween parties there last year, fundraising and, like we thank the sponsors and everything for helping us in those, but you have people looking over again saying, you know, what are, what are they doing in that camp? What are they doing over in Salon? What's so special about what they're doing? And, you know, and the players are coming to Jonathan, the players are coming to me and they're saying, lads, how about a junior team? And I suppose at first, like as, as secretary, I was kind of nervous. I was like, lads, we don't want to go down that road again that we put out a team and by Christmas, if he lose a few games in, you go into the new season. And we don't have enough squad depth and lads stop coming to games and it, it sets a bad image and a bad precedent. So I think like being in the Premier for us, I couldn't be more prouder of the boys. Um, I, I, I suppose my wish and, and Tim Reardon and the guys is maybe Jonathan and uh, Billy might stay on as managers and and, and keep the keep the show going and challenge now for the, the Premier title. Um, There's a lot of fantastic teams. Look, Drina look like they're about to, to clinch the league again. Um. I know some of those players now from seeing them in underage on Hurley and um Tom McQueen now he's playing with his brother Robbie and 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 those guys are certainly lots to watch out for and there's some fantastic players in Bunratty as well so you know and I suppose the funny thing is like while John John has a huge squad you know going into to next year if, he, if hopefully if he's still there there's a lot of boys you know that are 17 and 18 as well that are interested and you know that's what you want to see that the boys coming from underage and girls in time yet too. Hopefully, they'll be going into that um that senior setup back here. So look, couldn't be more proud of the boys. I think we'll be up there competing. Um, it'll be difficult. Look, Bera are promoted, and we wish them congratulations as well. It's wonderful for the club, and they put in a really hard shift. And look, they were up against Baltimore there in the second half of the season, but they just got through with that win over Clonakilty and um, United. So look. We played Skibreen, we've lost them in the Beamish Cup and we lost them, I think, one of our first games in the junior. So look, maybe we're we're itching to get an old win over them now as well. And look, Bera as well, so we're familiar with them. So, you know, you're up against the big boys. And look, I think I think we're I think we've good, you know, we're we're well able to stand our ground with these guys next season, hopefully. Jonathan, when you're reflecting on, on this season, what's what's a game or moment that stands out for you where you're thinking, okay, this group has got something special? Oh, good question. Um, I suppose there was a few turning points, I have to say, Kieran. you know, the, after losing the two opening games, the one where we played uh, Lugina at home and Clan at home next, and we won 8-3 and 5-3. Like, we were a bit unlucky at the start of the season where we got a lot of injuries in our back four. Like, you call out the stats where to go. We conceded 18 goals in the league. We conceded 13 in the first four games. So we had to get that ship sorted again. So I think those ones were big ones to to get the wins, get the points on the board and, and allow time for our defenders to get back. 
then after that, I suppose the standout ones was just the turn after Christmas. You know, we beat Beira 5 0 at home, uh, went down to Drina, very tough game. Nil nil at halftime, came out after the second half and scored straight away and, and won that 3 1. And then obviously the big one, it, it all came down. I suppose the Baltimore two games were pushed out for obviously no one's. Um, no one's fault, obviously, only just um, things didn't line up in terms of early in the season. But that was the big one down in Skibbereen, uh, where we played Baltimore. So that was tense, but we got out of there 2-0 and fantastic performance down there by both teams, to be fair. It was uh, it was one that was fitting probably for more the end of the season as opposed to maybe, you know, four or five games out. Like, But um, they're probably the key games that stood out to me. I think once we got over Baltimore down in Skibbereen, though, I think we knew it was in our hands then and we just had to finish the job. So I suppose that was probably the, the key game. But there was a few points during the season where you just kind of felt you lose those games and you go one direction, you win them, and suddenly you're in a title race, you know? What does the club mean to both of you? I, I come to you first, Aston. Like you said, you, you're back in bonds and now you're, you, you've given an awful lot a lot to Salah. And like, why, why is the club so important to you? Uh, probably, look... I suppose, look, personally, um, like I played, I played with Salon, I suppose I was probably on one of the first ever underage teams with my friends back in, um, back in 1994. I remember going out to Crossbury playing some game, Jonathan, you might have been in the bus too, and I think we were hockey 10-0, I think the old Nakavilla game or something, but um, I remember the whole way back in the bus, it was just always felt like we, we just, all we cared about was we nearly scored that day, but we didn't. And I suppose, when I always compared it, and, and I'm, I I adore Gaelic football and all the Gaelic sports, I always found with the soccer, I just had more fun, maybe. For me personally, that was my opinion of it. Um, I always felt it was just kind of, it was our thing where we go away as a little group and you wouldn't have half the pressure, maybe. And look, that's not saying, look, I know I have a lot of fun Gaelic football too and winning, you know, matches and, and mid-corks and things like that. You certainly, you know, you have your days out as well, but... Um, look, I'm a pro Liverpool man, I suppose, and I always love the game. Um, and I think, look, one of my best friends, um, God rest him, he, A. Cronin, he, he was working with the FBI and he, he died. Um, he, he died on back in 2014, unfortunately. And I think, like my <clears throat> two of his best friends, one would be Jonathan Hoare. He'd be chairman of Nava Bond Gaelic Football Club. And I suppose, look, I was. I'd consider him one of my best friends too. And, you know, I think he'd be very proud that he was a Manchester United man. He was a Salon man. He was a Neva Bond man. He was an FAI man. He loved Munster rugby and very proud sportsman. And I think, look, there's a part of me doing that in tribute to him as well to say, look, we're moving the right way here as well in, in the club. And uh, look, that's just me. I could go on all day about, I suppose, look, helping the kids and all that volunteering. It's, it's great fun too. And seeing the smiles and, coming up to you constantly during the day, like I can't get on to shop without some kids saying to me, Austin, when's the next match? Austin, what's going on? When's Are we getting an away kit? And you're like, Jesus, we just after getting a, a brand new home kit and sponsor. But it, it's all those things, you know, that, I mean, it's a real community effort here. And we, you know, that's, I, that's how I feel. <laughs> get the same question to you, Jonathan, because I saw that picture from 30 years ago when you, you were the mascot back, uh, back when, yeah. um, when the club won there was at the championship or division three back 30 years ago and I think you, your father was coach that team so like mm-hmm. the club obviously has a special part in, in, in your family and your own sporting story yeah 100% looked at that was it was something I wasn't aware of actually when I sat down with, with Austin in terms of the 30 year piece okay um, but obviously that was a lovely piece after winning the league and 
and very nice from the from the, the point of view of my family, you know, and, and to have that, it, it was lovely. But uh, in terms of the club, yeah, you call it out there. To be fair, I've been there since I was I was a boy. I probably wasn't blessed with with talent on the pitch. I have to say, okay, I was probably better in indoor or something like that. But um, uh, you know, similar to Austin, I obviously loved soccer. I played football, I played everything. But you know, when you were out kicking a ball around in the grass at home, it was soccer. I always played, you know. So I was always always stuck in it. And salon was part of yeah, part of me from an early age. Predominantly, dad and my father, obviously, or sorry, my father and my brother, I should say, um, who were part of that team in in nineteen ninety one and ninety two and ninety three when they won it. But um, I suppose, yeah, like what's a what's what's it mean to me now? Look, I love the club. You know, I, I'm delighted to see the success that's there across all age groups, not just the junior group. But I suppose just diverting for a minute, if you don't mind, you I'd I'd like to just say, I suppose, there's probably. Two two areas of salon, you know, and the and the year at the moment is obviously Austin, Tim Reardon and um and Martin Toomey and, and the committee. And I just want to say thanks a million to them in terms of what they've done for the club over the last few years, you know, making making it from for the likes of me such an easy job. I just had to go out and train players, you know what I mean? Pitches were lined, flags were out, all the small things that the players and, and me probably don't see, they're taking care of, and that's huge. And you know what they've done for this club is phenomenal. But I suppose another one I'd like to call out as well. It was very special at the, at the cup final and I didn't actually get a chance properly to sit down with him yet, I suppose, is we had Liam Griffin there who was the the original chairman uh, back in the day and who set up the club in 91. And as I said, I haven't chatted to him yet, but I hope Liam and Orla and the gang got a chance to sit down over the last few days and say, you know what, all that hard work, it was worth it, you know, and and and, and it's days like that that they should enjoy as well because they, they set this club up at the start wash jerseys, line pitches and horrible days and, you know, great credit needs to go to them as well. But, mm -hmm. yeah, the club means a, a huge amount to me. I hope it keeps going now. It's got momentum. So, you know, winning breeds success um, and 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 we need to we need to keep that going in the club now, okay? Um, and then I suppose the other thing I'd say as well at the end is what makes me proud as well is, you know, look, I suppose this is probably a soccer thing historically going back the years, you know, GA was always probably viewed as the number one sport, you know, and soccer probably maybe two or three depending on where rugby was or what community we're in. But, what was great to see across the lawn is how we're bringing a, a professional a professionalism to it. You know what I mean? We're getting down to games at the right time. We're getting the warm-ups done right. We're, you know, we're making sure the players are ready when they go out there. The training's been done properly. There's a style of play that we're following. And, and that's huge, you know, and that's half the battle. And if you get that right in the club, I think people will start to say, look, come here, these guys mean business, okay? And we want to be part of that journey, you know? I'm going to finish off. I'm looking for a star sport as exclusive Jonathan will you be in the manager's hot seat for next season so I'm just taking the lead from from Austin's question <laughs> for people listening listening to the podcast Austin has his hands clasped together he's praying for <laughs> pressure Jonathan but we're looking for I'm lucky I think the, the Wi-Fi is not great maybe I'm dying out here am I you can't hear me anymore <laughs> now <laughs> I know um Ooh, what's the answer to the question, I suppose? Look, I probably took it on as a one-season thing. I think I said that to Austin, to be fair. Um, so, of course, I'm torn. I'm obviously busy. I've, I've, I've my own business. I've uh, a wife that's due or four child, or we're due or four child. So it's going to be a busy house in the next couple of months. So, But at the same time, go back to my love of the club. I love it, of course. And, of course, we've done a massive job for the junior team. To, so, yeah, of course, you'd be torn either way. Um, but I suppose the next thing, if I'm being honest, Karen, you know, We've chatted already. We need to enjoy the success for the next two or three weeks. And the players need to enjoy that and do the do the medal presentations and all that and have one good night because you you know you, you have to leave with losses long enough. You might as well enjoy successes for a few weeks. 
And then I think we need to go into a process and we need to look at what we did right this year, what we did wrong this year. Do you know, Aston touched on it earlier. We lost two games to a Premier, the only Premier, Premier Division team we played this year. We lost twice and we didn't score a goal. So we need to evaluate what we need to do better because look, ultimately, whether I'm in charge or whoever's in charge, if we're going up to the Premier, we need to come up with a plan to, to, to make a difference here and to win it ultimately. That has to be it. So I think part of that process needs to be analysed the management team and to see you know what we did right and what we did wrong and you know whether we stay on is the right thing to do or whether you know a change of direction and now take this another level is, is the right thing to do I think that will fall out of that process too so talk about sitting on the fins now like but uh, right now I think we need to sit back and probably look at it for what's the best thing for the club going forward as opposed to what's the best thing for me <laughs> a very good answer and I want to just congratulate you both Austin and Jonathan and, and terrific success not just for the junior men's team but obviously for for the underage success as well, Austin with that Celine under 12 girls team went all the way to a national cup quarterfinal, which was one of the, the stories of the West Cork um school boys and school girls league this year. Terrific success. So um no doubt you will be in the headlines for the seasons to come. So congratulations again and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Kieran. And just one last thing, Kieran. Actually, if you don't mind, just obviously just from our point of view too, okay. we'd like to thank the, the sort of star and yourself uh, for all the coverage over the years. You know, it's great to get the club out there. I know it's great when you're winning, but we're delighted that you, you covered us so much during the year. So big Absolutely, thanks, yeah. thanks to you and to John McCarthy as well. I'm sure know. as well, definitely for the underage and all the nice write-ups. I know that the, the boys and girls are reading all of those every week. So thank you so much. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And now it's time for everybody's favorite time of the week when we take a look at what's coming up in this week's Southern Star. Kieran, what can readers look forward to? Yeah, loads, and they're really good sports section this week. And I'm I'm biased when I say that every week, but there's a, there's a load of reading, and there there is something for everyone. So some of the the highlight pieces. I have an interview with Flower Crowley. He's the O'Donovan Rossa footballer who is captain of the Cork Masters football team this year. So that's to over forty. Cork team that's going to play in the All-Ireland competition and this is a competition that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger just as an example Tyrone have announced that the likes of Sean Kavanagh has signed up with their team this year they have Stephen O'Neill as well they have Martin Pimrose so it's going to be a quite a quite a competitive um, competition and Cork have drafted in the likes of Nicholas Murphy and John Miskela this year as well two 2010 All-Ireland winners so I caught up with Flower just to talk about about his own GA journey. Um, like he's, he's 43 now. He's a skid man and he's captain in his county. So it's just a, a really good local story. So that's that's worth checking out. I also have the, the, the very strong skibbering connection to a Kerry ladies footballer who's going to make history when she lines out in the AFLW down under with the Sydney Swans. Um, Julia Sullivan might be from two cysts but her roots are very much in Skibbereen. Her family is very much from Skibbereen. Um, so that's that's worth checking out as well. You also have a picture special from, from on Saturday night, the Carberry footballers who won the 2022 Thai Crowley Cup. They received their medal. So we've pictures and a write-up from that. Our feature league game this week, we dipped down into the into the Carberry Junior Hurling League and it was Mahoonas against St. James's. So fans of both clubs will want to check that out. In Holly O'Sullivan's inside track column, he's looking um, at the Cork footballers and what they need to do to get back on track. And he's some 
really interesting points in there. Um, to, to just to just a quick one, just to tease our, our listeners about Hardy's column, he noted that Colm O'Callaghan was the only um, the only Cork footballer from the, the the county team that won the 2019 Under-20 All-Ireland title that started against Clare last Sunday week. So he's asking about the conveyor belt and should there be more of those Under-20 team from that Under-20 team starting now. So I think that's quite a good point. We have a full page on the Skibbereen Grand League Regatta that was held at the National Rowing Centre where a lot of local rowers did quite well with that interview with Brian Hayes. Martin Walter, motorsport expert, he pays tribute to the late Craig Breen who died so 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 um so tragically last week. That's worth that's worth to read. We also have a very good story on the, the rise of the the West Cork under fourteen rebelettes. This is when Bentry and Dunmanway came together for a girls rugby team and they conquered all before and after them in this season winning a Munster League and Cup double. So that's worth checking out. And just a couple of quick more bits before I finish up. Um. Great interview with John Motherway. He's a Barry Roman who competed in the Boston Marathon 40 years ago. So he's recalling he's how, how that came about. I think the Boston Marathon is on 127 years. It's been going now, the oldest marathon in the world. And we also have plenty of soccer action in there as well. Of course, Salan's Cup win against Mizzen Hobby, but also Kilgavin Celtic won their first ever piece of adult silverware when the under-19s won the cup final last weekend. And, and there's even more than that inside in terms of Southern Star. So it is packed. Packed as always. I'm not sure how you fit it all in every week, but uh, we won't get too behind the curtain on that. Um, as always, if you're further afield or if you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star e-paper and get Southern Star on your laptop, tablet or mobile phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie Enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week. It's well worth it. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed today's chat, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back with you again next week.